1: Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you said, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 930 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friends so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good holy Sunday morning with God. Good Sunday morning, America. Good Sunday morning, humanity. Good Sunday morning, life. On Thursday, June 24, 2022, the United States Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion back in 1973. Whatever you feel now, please remember to be reasonable, peaceful, and logical in your action or reaction. We should remember that the justices even though pertaining to a specific faith or religion, they acted on behalf of the constitution of this great nation and not on behalf of their religious beliefs. Therefore, any violence against houses of worships or organizations that are pro-life with religious affiliation is a misplaced act of violence and must be totally rejected. The supreme justices, Did not act on behalf of the church, synagogues, or any other house of worship. To say so, it will be a very unfair and dangerous criticism. In truth, they acted on behalf of the constitution, irrespective of religion. In a time when the rule of law is dying, billions of people are murdered, violence occurs all over the world. That is vital to remember. Nonetheless, This is great news to see that while many people feel perplexed or upset or happy, but remember that before overturned, Roe v. Wade gave a pretext in the world to kill over one billion babies in the U.S. and the world. Just think of this and see how important is this decision for the life, the future, prosperity, population numbers, and the offsprings of our nation and all of humanity. Celebrate by all means, criticize by logical means, yet profit from this overturning by seeking deeper sense of educating yourselves, your families, and friends in the U.S. Constitution and the civic law of this great nation on earth. The overturning of Roe v. Wade is a triumph of liberty and return to constitutional rule. This will protect us as a constitutional nation under God in our internal peace, in our character, where everyone is looked upon with equal rights and equal protection. All of us are reminded that we live and abide under the rule of the law, which made us the best nation in the world, made of a federal republic and of sovereign states. Now the battlefield has shifted and moved to every state in the United States of America. Our next challenge consists in how to educate thousands of state-level policymakers and governors, convincing them to adopt the same ruling of the United States Supreme Court who said, no one has the competence to kill another life and claim sovereignty over someone else's body or life. This is the principle that overturned Roe versus Wade. For our peace, may God bless us, and may God bless America. Um, Randy Corpin, a lawyer and a host of a radio talk show on KNUS himself. I want to tell you, good holy Sunday morning to you. Good holy Sunday morning, Father. So am I saying it right? A god fearing country-loving husband, dad, granddad, son, constitutional, conservative, Tea Party, patriot, Republican, in that order.
2: In that order. God <laughs> on top. <laughs> So country, country, family, then principal activism, and then bringing that all to bear in the one p- political party where we can try and move God and country forward to the Republican Party.
1: You know, um, I want to intentionally, I, wanted, I usually do all the prayers before I introduce uh, my guests, but um, I know in your character you will appreciate the Psalm 89 um, that um, our listeners and us, you included, we will pray. Because um, look on us, Lord, and see how we are despised. And um, in the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 1, verse 69, um, it says... Um, I do believe the words of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, he quotes and he says, He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of David, his servant. And yet you have rejected and spurned and are angry with the one you have anointed. You have broken your covenant with your servant and dishonored his crown in the dust. You have broken down all his walls and reduced his fortresses to ruins He is despoiled by all who pass by. He has become the taunt of his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his foes. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You have made his sword give way. You have not upheld him in battle. You have brought his glory to an end. You have hurled his throne to the ground. You have cut short the years of his youth. You have heaped disgrace upon him. Look on us, Lord, and see how we are despised. I am the root and stock of David. I am the morning star. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your anger burn like a fire? Remember, Lord, the shortness of my life, and how frail you have made the sons of man. What man can live and never see death? Who can save himself from the grasp of the grave? Where are your mercies of the past, Lord, which you have sworn in your faithfulness to David? Remember, Lord, how your servant is taunted, how I have to bear all the insults of the peoples. Thus your enemies taunt me, Lord, mocking your anointed at every step. Yet blessed be the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Randy, the the issues of life, um, I, I, I'm honored to say that um, you're not only an acquaintance, but uh, I met you when I was probably in, in the worst, um, darkest um, attacks I suffered from in my life as a human being, as a priest, uh, as, um, as a God-fearing, as, as, as a man who fears God basically as well and as a priest. And uh, you came and I said, um, who are you? You said, I like to be a friend. And um, it was a great honor. You opened a space of light in me. Well, as a lawyer, I know um, you suffer a lot, but you have experienced victories at the same time. Um, How do you choose your cases? Just personal questions so people know the character of Randy in in your own sphere of your own uh, uh, person.
2: And I'm happy to answer that. I just uh, sitting here across a microphone with you and thinking about our first meeting and you know, I've been in this building, I've done hundreds of shows here, morning drive, afternoon drive, my own Saturday show. And yet I have this excitement, uh, this just this unusual sense of sort of urgency being here with you. And that's that's a feeling I get when I know that we're going to be together, when we can pray together, even when we're communicating, you know, electronically. So um, it's been a real blessing in my life to, and this has happened a lot, especially over the last couple of years, to be around people who are in spite of the chaos, in spite of the attacks on principle on life and everything else, who are still looking to do greater good. Um, I, I came to the practice of law as a volunteer child advocate. So my initial interest was I was showing up in court and giving reports, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't make objections. I couldn't argue cases. I'd see these poor lawyers with 30 files come in and see families that I got to know well, torn apart, bad decisions or whatever. Uh, So I became very, very motivated um, and went to law school primarily with that objective. So that led to doing family law cases and juvenile cases. And um, because I opened my practice right out of law school, uh, I started taking anything I could get, really. Um, So that led me into criminal practice, civil practice, and family law practice. And I realized right away that I really enjoyed never knowing what was next. I never wanted to really get locked in. So uh, I love to help people. Uh, falsely accused people, people who've done horrible things, gotten themselves in trouble, and and need a, a friend to work through the system and 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 try and get them on a healing path instead of just a punishment path. Um, there's great reward in in all aspects of the practice. I,
1: um, I I do know that in English uh, that they call them lawyers, which honestly I I do not know what the reference except that there is a law and uh, E R at the end, um, but. But I know advocate, advocatio, yes. Yes. Um, to advocate for somebody, to stand for somebody, to help, to be their voice, to be their right, uh, to be what they cannot express themselves. So we see already in the practice of the law, somebody oppresses someone, whether in a defense or an offense, um, whether in the law of corporations or constitutions or in political um, experience, uh, you have a wide expertise um, in, in many fields um, in the law. The advocacy part of the law, it's been shut down a little bit, hasn't it?
2: Well, its it's been very hard, uh, especially in the era of, of COVID. The, the government has given to itself incredible powers to uh, lock families in their homes, to shut down businesses, to use media propaganda to encourage parents to inject themselves or their children with experimental. And we're seeing every day more and more dangerous uh, experimental drugs and treatments. And um, and as a lawyer, I've walked into court numerous times or gone through the administrative process numerous times uh, with great arguments to make good people trying to help recover some portion of their life only to be shut down because the government has taken so much power to itself. And judges know that even if their decision is something that's challengeable, it's years and years before that can ever be overturned. And
1: this is good Sunday morning with Father Andre and uh, Randy Corpin. And I want to tell you, this is why I intentionally prayed with you providentially. This is Psalm 89 in these verses, because it's a lamentation. It's a lamentation for the fall of David's dynasty until Jesus Christ comes, because he is. Um, from the the throne of David, and but between David and Jesus, there is a thousand years of lamentation, of grief, many exiles, many destructions of the temples. The people of God suffered a lot. And today in America and the world, we see many of the conservatives, and I am lamenting, unfortunately, it is true, just people, righteous people, when they express their voice or they stand for something, they get attacked, they get blackmailed, coerced, uh, they get oppressed, including by hierarchies on the same side, whether you are in a religious field or in a social field or legal field or medical field tons of people, they really lost their jobs. As you just said, they spoke about the COVID and the vaccine, and look, the vaccine is not preventing even the transmission of the disease, and now people are experiencing a new wave but it's not being spoken about. Even the person who represented all the policy of the task force on, on the COVID, who is basically ideally vaccinated, taking all the shots, is with, I do not want to say his name because we do not want to be in trouble. It's found was COVID. Well, I'm glad you <laughs> warned me because I was going to
2: say his name um, and I certainly will Saturday on my show. Why the doctor
1: be- comes from Italian
2: last name? <laughs> sure. don't know. Um, it, it, it is, uh, it's terrifying to see how the so-called science changes day to day and then people um, hear from some so-called expert and then adapt to their lives and, and potentially take something that has a permanent lasting Deleterious effect on their children, on their own bodies, uh, just because somebody tells them that it's okay. I mean, we are we are living in a time. It's hard not to believe that uh, there's demonic possession all over the world right now. You see the way some of these people are uh, advocating to hold on to abortion right up to the time of birth, uh, and you see them in the protests, the the looks on their faces, the antics and the actions. Uh, there's a new group out, uh, I forget, it has something to do with Jane, you know, Jane Roe from Roe v. Wade, uh-huh. um, that is actually trying to mobilize people and threatening fire bombings and violence. And if you have a knife and if you have a this or a And that. they're writing
1: on people's doors. It yes. honestly, when I first met you and, you know, we, we, we support in the mission, we stand for the persecuted Christians. So um, one of our advisors in the mission of hope and mercy, she's writing a book on uh, Roe v. Wade, all its history. But her book, Excerpts were quoted by the Mississippi case, um, you know, um, in the Supreme Court. And mm-hmm. this is the argument that was used, actually, that made Mississippi almost win, actually. This is the the, the final opinion which will come. Um, this fight, and, and so her home was threatened in Texas. And she sent me a picture where they painted on, on the door of the house something, and it, it's almost like violence coming at you, basically. Because you stood for life, yeah, and those people have to be in hiding, then if you are a natural family planner you have to be in hiding, if uh, you are a lawyer who defends uh, cases that you believe these people who have been violently abused uh, and they have been unjustly treated, um, you get almost cancelled or you have uh, people coming if you defend the integrity of a stand or of election or of um, freedom of health, whatever it is, they, they attack, and this is a psalm is these social justice issues are they an indication that America is meeting an expiry date? The way we know it as a nation under God is the holiness in America leaving it.
2: Well, historically, of course, America has been one of the longest-lasting republics, uh, but it's come so far from its founding, from the from the moral foundations, from the acknowledgement that our rights don't come from government; they come from God, and the Constitution was put in place. Not to tell you and I what we can do as American citizens, but to tell the government what it cannot do, what it can't infringe on us. And because I think um, many people, well-intentioned people, have just simply been asleep for the last 90 years, they haven't realized the encroachment into our schools, into our entertainment, into Hollywood of these communist and socialist ideals. And uh, now, all of a sudden, there's this great awakening going on. I, I sit here very optimistic about the future of America. Thank
1: God. I thank God.
2: I, I don't think that we're done. I think that there's a great awakening going all around in, in school boards. Um, this Roe v. Wade, very likely, to, with the leaked decision, it looks like it's on its way
1: out. I want to tell you, Patrick Davis, uh, who, you know, a common friend said last time um, on the show, something similar. But, um, in Roe versus Wade, it seems that the fight will leave the nine supreme justices. It will no longer take place there, but it's going to go now down to the state's thousands of legislators who actually are not informed from zero. They do not know what this means. They do not know the history of Roe versus Wade. And look the way Colorado voted immediately. Even the decision is not even out yet, which hopefully will be out very soon. And they went ahead and they voted on a horrendous type of a law. They called it uh, Reproductive Act Health, whatever it is. Um, but the religious leaders also in Colorado reacted to this law, um, uh, issuing a voluntarily mandate. Like if you're a Catholic uh, legislator who voted uh, yes on the law allowing abortion even when the baby is coming out of the womb, it seems that the leadership of the church in Colorado said, we ask you to voluntarily refrain from receiving communion. But what's happening yeah. in the state of Colorado? Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, I've never been involved in leadership in a church. I, I used to run a music system and you know do different things uh, and be involved in activities. But it just seems like the courage of the church uh, is at a very low ebb right now. That that any religion that um, that supports life and with what we understand about life in the womb and when a when a baby feels pain and just all of the you know the reason. We're at this place in America where the whole thing on on being pro-death, being pro-abortion is turning around is because so many children watch their baby brothers and sisters grow in the womb on a refrigerator. They saw those pictures of that thumb sucking and everything else. It seems like so many of the churches have gone for popularity, for money. We're here to make you feel good. We're here to make you
1: feel successful instead of of criticizing what needs to be criticized. But they're also preaching that abortion is a right. Is abortion a right? No, of
2: course not. It's because it, it takes away a right of, a, of another life. It, it infringes on the right to life of someone who is unborn and the most defenseless among us. Uh, I agree that the decision to regulate abortion should be left to the individual states. There's nothing in the Constitution. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, one of the most liberal justices we've ever had, said that Roe v. Wade was ridiculous law. That's not a quote. It's a paraphrase, but it because... There was no way to correlate it to the Constitution. Uh, So if it goes back to the states, that's where it should be. And given the the trends that we're seeing, especially among young people, uh, I think slowly and surely it will become less and less possible in America. And, And I pray that that's true because it's hard not to look around and see how this country is suffering in ways that don't need to be. Government is making this happen. Uh, but it, it seems like penance for
1: allowing all of this death. I want to tell you, uh, you heard me talking to Julian Dunraven, another lawyer who really, really estimates you a lot and, and uh, cherishes a lot of your work and your opinions. Um, he did say that um, the Supreme Court basically said, I have no competence and it has to come down to the states because you cannot infringe rights by taking life of another innocent, basically. But the state of Colorado has reacted to this and says, yes, I can. And I have the right to kill that baby. And abortion is right. Randy, are the legislation, those those people are running for office now, the candidates. I know you work in a particular political party. You, you are um, basically a committee man who represents um, on a national committee the state of Colorado in your own party. You and another lady, I do believe. Is, is Colorado a winnable state for life? Is there...
2: I don't know if it's yet winnable because the the media is so complicit in changing messages in in silencing messages of people standing up for life or other conservative or um, God fearing values. Uh, but it's worth fighting for.
1: And is the media b- b- very very loud and anti conservative, or the conservatives are not nice? Uh,
2: the media is very loud. Because very that's anti- what I hear people anti- saying. Conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, And and of course, there are plenty of people who believe so strongly in defending the unborn who aren't artful in the way of presenting their arguments that get in your face. And and those are the people that will be put on the news, these, you know, these radicals on the other side to try and turn off people who are maybe trying to think their way through this very troubling issue. A lot of folks in Colorado don't realize that Colorado was the first state to legalize abortion in the United States of America. And that now, after this recent law that you talked about, we have the the most grotesque abortion protections, if that's the word you want to use um of not only any state in the united states but of many countries around the world it's that extreme here in colorado and people need to shout out against it
1: how um, can we in colorado be god-fearing country loving husbands and wives (laughs) and children and dads and grandparents and grandmas and constitutionally conservative people so we can protect faith family what is the impact of um, the legislations that are happening in Colorado on faith, on family, and the pursuit of happiness.
2: Well, legislatively wise, they're trying to silence and weaken and push back and run off people like you and me who are willing to stand um, to shield it. These are the, yes, and these are hills we're willing to die on. But I think it starts around the dinner table. It, it starts, uh, you know, at bedtime when you're talking in your child. Um, My kids are grown now. I have grandchildren, and and I hope to always be thinking about um, opening their eyes to that the world that they're living in and what they see isn't all that there is because it's a very, very dark place if you're living out there in the world.
1: I want to tell you not to put you on the spot. We have uh, four or five minutes, uh, and I I pray you allow me to have you again. You and many people like you actually on the show. What is your input on the topic of divisions amongst the same party. So you say you're conservative, you want to protect life, you want to protect faith and family and the country, uh, very patriotic. The Constitution, we look at it um, basically uh, as, a, as a sacred book for what it stands for in uh, a lay understanding that we need to respect, we need to abide by. But there are tons of divisions in the conservative side, and the people listening to us praying with us this morning are actually a little bit disappointed, but they have hopes and aspirations. Every conservative person is being attacked, and not every Democrat person is really uh, against God or against life, right? There is a a silent majority, I would say. In fact, about 48% in the state of Colorado are undecided or independent. There is a reason why it is that way, and those are from all walks of life. Can you have a message to these candidates? What is your message to the candidates? So they stop the division and they pursue the political campaign from the perspective of faith, hope, peace, love, something that has light in it because it's gotten really dark. Well,
2: I've always I've only been activated in politics for about a decade now and. Uh, every interaction i've had with it especially because i came to it as a as a brand new tea party patriot who thought george bush you know spent too much money and wasn't anti obama anti democrat anything like that i think it's a blood sport i don't know that there is a way to stop the the battles that go on and and so what i suggest to, to candidates uh if they ask is that you first have to start with being true to yourself you can't back away from that and don't listen to the consultant class or the, the donors who tell you, Hey, you've got to move over to this position or walk away from that position. If you want to have any success or if you want us to help, help you, we need sincere people coming from a strong position of faith and constitutional understanding to simply stand up and let the chips fall where they may.
1: Um, finally, in um, one minute, um, a little bit, what is your spiritual message to the family In Colorado, to the governor, honestly, what is your spiritual message to the governor? Do you have something good to say, something hopeful? All the Uh, representatives in the state of Colorado.
2: Yeah, Um, I'll tell you, you get down on your knees and uh, open your heart to God and see if that has any impact on the direction that you're trying to take your constituents, your citizens, uh, the people who vote you and put you into these positions of power um just get on your face and open your
1: heart. My friends, all of you get on your face. All of you get on your knees in your home. Light a candle today for the governor of the state of Colorado, for the leaders of the state of Colorado, for every person who has been injured um, by the positions of the politicians or uh, by any form of leadership that did not uh, seek the will of God or stood against the will of God or might be ignorant, not looking at the will of God. Please get on your knees. Pray for healing. God would listen. This is a glorious holy day. This is a season of the Holy Spirit. God sends his Holy Spirit and they will be recreated and the face of the earth will be renewed. Please pray with us today, Randy, you, myself, and everybody, for healing that every form of government will go back to the sovereign governor, the Lord, who will life and who crush Satan and all evil, our enemy. May Almighty God bless us all, protect us from all evil, heal our land, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life.
0: Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today and join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre.